This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Good morning, Canada. And if you're in southern Ontario in the GTA, a little bit of a chilly start to the day. But the sun is out, and I hope you're on the way to your golf course, get ready to peg it up. What a busy week we have had. Bob Weeks joining me again this morning, as always, and Adam Scully will be on his way. Bob, it's it's, uh, taken a long time to get here, the return of golf. However, uh, it's here, and the leaderboard looks great, and we've been talking about it all week. We've been covering it all week. And I'm glad that the leaderboard at Colonial Charles Schwab Challenge is kind of shaped up to something that we're really going to look forward to for the weekend. There are a ton of names on the top of this leaderboard, and there are a ton of stories. Man, you pick a narrative, you pick a headline, there's a few different ways you could go. It's going to be an exciting final 36 at Colonial. I think the PGA Tour is excited about uh, the leaderboard they've got going in and the storylines they have and all the stuff that's uh, that's been going on for the for the first two days here. I mean, it's it's like a dream come true, right? I mean, I know there were some big names that missed the cut that we're going to get into, uh, but the restart handled pretty pretty smoothly. The social distancing thing, maybe not quite so well, but <laughs> but other than that, other than that, it's been it's been really really a uh, um, just a dream start for the tour and for everyone who loves golf. And, and to your point, Bob, there there were some big names that missed the field. We will get into some of that as well this morning. But when you have a field as stacked as this field was it's inevitable that some big names are going to miss the cut there was just so many of them in this field to begin with and that's going to be a narrative that we're going to see throughout the first several weeks of this restart this reboot next week rbc looks great as well we'll get into that we got a jam-packed show winners weird and what we're going to come back with a segment we started this week for our fantasy golf players which is uh, stardom sit em. Who are you going to put in this afternoon and who are you going to bench on, bench on your fantasy team? Scully will jump in on that again with us. Uh, leaderboard updates from the world of golf. Don't forget the Corn Ferry Tour has started as well. Michael Tothbop, he joined us over a week ago. Who uh, He is the tournament director at Colonial for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, a Canadian at the helm this week on the PGA Tour. We spoke to him over a week ago about you know, all the work it took to get to this point and obviously a very different environment to cut the ribbon so to speak on the reboot to the pga tour season well now we're in it now we're 36 holes in we've had players and people on property now for three and four days um what has it been like from his perspective what's worked what hasn't um i don't think there's much that hasn't worked but we'll get mike's perspective in hour two 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues we'll give away a set of the velocity the new product that we profiled earlier this week on tsn 1050 but first let's get to some news and headlines news and headlines are brought to you by the mckenzie tour pga tour canada tomorrow's stars today well we set it off the top great field at Colonial, we got Harold Varner III in the lead at 11 under par, 
10 under is the Shambo and Spieth. In the next segment, we will dive deep into the leaderboard. But if you're looking at weekend leaderboards and weekend coverage, it's a great segue into our first headline, Bob, TSN and CTV, going to be the home of the PGA Tour for all weekend coverage starting today right to the end of the FedEx Cup, right through your home for all major championship golf is now your home for all golf, period, uh, throughout the FedEx Cup season, right through to the playoffs. It is a golf extravaganza (laughs) on uh, CTV and CTV. And not only is it going to be on the broadcast platform, but also streaming. So if you are on TSN Direct, uh, tsn.ca, you're going to be able to watch the PGA Tour coverage over the weekends now. It's uh, we did have uh, a number of tournaments um, already lined up before all the madness hit us, but now we've got them all. So uh, again, this is this is great news if you're a Canadian golf fan. You're going to get to watch it on your home network and the uh, your home of golf in Canada, TSN. So I want you to think about your weekends now in August when we get to PGA Championship, FedEx Cup playoffs, etc. You're going to be able to watch. Two hours of Golf Talk Canada radio every Saturday morning to get you set for everything coming up for the weekend. And then you're going to be able to dive into, oh, somewhere in the upwards of, of probably eight hours of live coverage of golf on CTV2 and, and, and TSN over the weekend, whether you're streaming it, whether you're watching it. Um, there's going to be a lot of couch potatoes, Bob. We're, we're basically is where I'm going. If you came out of COVID looking better than you went in, we're going to reverse that trend come the summer because we just got so much great golf content. Now, this I found T- interesting. TSN. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Bob. Sorry. I was just going to say TSN is your anti-Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's bulking up. We're going to get you roll a little chunkier. There you go. <laughs> we'll roll you into the fall. Um, <laughs> Rory this week. This is interesting, you know. Uh, I'm going to say a bad start on Thursday. A sluggish start Thursday would probably be more accurate. A big bounce back on Friday. He has vaulted up this leaderboard and part of this championship. World number one looking to kind of pick up where he left off. Um, Rory, always kind of fighting with his wedges a little bit, um, has become a much better wedge player in the last 12 months than we saw in the previous three years or so. Looks a little bit more like the wedge player we saw back in 2014. Uh, had it dialed in yesterday, um, not just with the wedges, with the irons. Distance control is back, suggesting that what helped him is Thursday night, went back to the home that he is renting here this week in Fort Worth, Texas. They've got a simulator at the house. Hit balls in the simulator overnight, got dialed in on some numbers, said it was good practice, came out, bounced back Friday. Uh, Nice to have access to a simulator when you go back and just chill out at your home. Yeah, uh, you, you can practice your wedge shots at 11 at night. You know, in the dark, which you can't do. But that was a kind of a cool story. And um, the other part of that story that's interesting is is a lot of these guys have rented houses. I've heard of a number of them out there. So not everybody's staying in that bubble. But if you look at uh, Rory's strokes gain approach the green, which is his wedges, he hits them so far, kind of more fits into that category. Round one, minus 0.485. Round two, plus 3.651. So he obviously got it dialed in. Yeah, that is a, a, a massive switching of gears, and uh, and well done there. Interesting on the bubble, like you say, Bob, because I'm assuming, and we will ask Mike Toth this 
in the next segment. I am assuming the players have not been tested for the last time, that we're going to see more testing uh, over the weekend would be my expectations here uh, in their protocol. Uh, We'll see. We'll ask Mike uh, about that. All right, huge names missing the cut. And like you said off the top, it's it's inevitable. If if you're going to have huge names in the field, in a stack field, some of them are going to miss the cut. But, boy, some of these are a shock. For me, Bob, the biggest shock of the bunch would have to be John Rahm. John Rahm, world number two, not playing the weekend. We've got uh, Dustin Johnson not playing the weekend. Mickelson, defending champion Kevin Na, Sergio Garcia, Matt Kuchar. I mean, just some massive names that are are going home after 36. Phil Mickelson after 69-71. Who jumps out at you? Biggest surprise. For me, it's John Rahm and then uh, a mixed bag of uh, where you could go next. But certainly that's the big one for me. Uh, I'd agree. I'd say Rom and DJ probably. But, you know, if you look at the characteristics of most of those names we've mentioned, most of them you would classify as big hitters, long hitters, not necessarily the straightest of hitters. And so that kind of fits into the theme of the golf course that we know. Uh, It's not necessarily a blanket statement because there are some people who are in that side Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, who are, who are right up near the top. So, uh, But I think those guys in particular, maybe that's what it was. I haven't really looked too deep into their performances. But um, Rom, to me, looked looked just rusty. Uh, he was he was the one that sort of in that group, that the marquee group, that sort of had some hot streaks and then had some bad ones. And every time he seemed to make a birdie, a couple holes later, he'd make a bogey to give it up. So uh, we'll see. Maybe, you know, the one thing about, I don't know if these guys are going to go home. Like, would they go all the way back to Arizona where Rom lives, and then fly all the way back to Hilton Head, or would he just stay in the range and practice? They may get some practice time in at Colonial. You know, the other thing I'm wondering here too, Bob, for a guy like Rom, I'm wondering if there's any validity to the narrative that a guy like Rom, who who works off emotion and quite often is fueled by emotion, if playing in front of no spectators certainly affects a guy like John Rom more than it does others. Yeah, you're right. And listen, if if anybody in the uh, in, in the field is used to playing in front of big crowds, it's Phil Mickelson. He played in front of an empty empty stadium. Maybe there's something there as well. So um, I, I I don't know the answers to those questions, but but it's certainly surprising that so many of the big names missed. And then when you think about it, okay, it's it's the first tournament back in 14 weeks. Let's give them all a break. Yeah, bit of a break. But you're right. Uh, lefty would be the other obvious one. Now speaking of uh, stacked fields, missing cuts, etc. Next week, RBC Field is stacked. We will get in a little later in the show and winners where to what, who isn't there. But a stacked field next week and a stacked field on the PGA Tour, Bob, is now also translating to a stacked field on the Corn Ferry Tour. Again, for another week in a row, the Corn Ferry Tour is going to have some big names in the field, uh, multiple PGA Tour winners, some recognizable names that have status, uh, full status on the PGA Tour. But full status on the PGA Tour just isn't cutting it right now to get into fields. This is going to be a theme over the next uh, several weeks, if not months. Um, wanting to play golf and getting in the fields are two different things right now. It definitely is. And, you know, these are the tournaments during this kind of summer solstice that a lot of players, uh, the big top players, skip because they, they don't play as much between the major championships as, as they're used to. But um, now we're seeing everybody's playing every week. So you're right. Guys who are 
PGA Tour players with lower status, Michael Gligic, David Hearn, for example, you know, they get bumped down. Now, both those guys are in next week thanks to their relationship with RBC. Um, but but you're right. I look down the, the Corn Ferry uh, sheet and you see this kind of looks like a midsummer PGA Tour start with a couple of missing names. It's uh, and it was it's a tough. I mean, they're going low on these courses as well. So uh, I think I think if you're a, a Corn Ferry Tour player or a PGA Tour player that's at the bottom end of the exemption list, you're going to be getting used to going back and forth and looking at that alternate sheet to see where you are in the uh, in the pecking order. And speaking of uh, Corn Ferry Tour, we will get you caught up on that leaderboard as well later on in the show. Rough week for uh, Team Canada on the Corn Ferry Tour. Not a rough week on a PGA Tour as our Canadian boys are playing well at Colonial, and uh, we will get you up to date on that. But on Corn Ferry, uh, they're going all Team Canada members, Michael Glickick, uh, David Hearn, Mike Weir, uh, Adam Svensson, Taylor Pendrith. Uh, unfortunately, the entire red and white calling it after 36. They all missed the cut on the Corn Ferry Tour. And finally, in news and headlines, Bob, very sad news on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see uh, Camila Vijegas' comments uh, from Wednesday when he was talking to the media. Just heartbreaking what him and his family are going through with their daughter, 20-month-year-old daughter, uh, uh, fighting tumors on the brain, on the spine. Uh, they don't know where things stand right now. Uh, he suggested the whole reason he's out there playing golf right now is he's just feeling inspired by, by the fight this little girl is showing. Uh, and he decided to get out there and show some fight himself. But it was, it was heartbreaking to, uh, you could, he's just obviously wearing it, uh, when he spoke to everybody on Wednesday. Yeah, a lot of tears and uh, and a lot of sad moments. Uh, she's got tumors on her back and uh, her spine and her brain. Uh, at first, they thought it was just teething problems. It took her to a doctor and they had some scans done. And, and I mean, it's got to be the most painful thing ever for anyone who's a parent knows knows that feeling of, of any time your child is sick. Uh, Vijegas is, is playing some pretty good golf, though. He's at tied for 23rd right now and playing, obviously, with a lot of emotion and uh, a lot of thoughts of his daughter, Mia. You know, it's very interesting. Sometimes players react to things uh, differently and where you can find uh, motivation, etc. But the one thing I always find interesting, Bob, is some players have always found like being inside the ropes and playing golf is, is uh, almost solitude away from the rest of the world, that they just they, they, they get to shut things off for four or five hours and kind of almost hide in that environment. And uh, some guys able to do it, some guys not. Obviously, Vijegas, uh finding a little peace, uh, I guess, uh, at, at the moment on the golf course by showing uh, some of the quality golf he's playing. All right, you know who's playing some quality golf? How about Harold Werner III? 11 oh. under par. A lot of spotlight on HV3 considering uh, the social unrest happening uh, uh, south of the border, a lot of the, the conversation being around. Um, you know, race and, and equality and where does the PG tour fall in this? And Harold Varner the third had some wonderful comments about it earlier in the week. And obviously a lot of people asking for his opinion these days. Uh, at HV3, 6366, he hit 18 greens in regulation on Thursday. What a ball striking round on Thursday. Rough start on Friday, but didn't <laughs> stall him at all. 66, we will hear from HV3 and Jordan Spieth. Only one back coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, speaking of our friends at TaylorMade, later on in the show, we're going to give away six dozen TP5 golf balls during 20 weeks of TaylorMade. And next week, Sim Max Driver is the prize in 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Bob, Harold Varner III, he goes perfect in greens in reg on Thursday. A bit of a sloppy start yesterday, but showed a lot of grit to come back. Hard. You know, you got the lead. You're, you're nearer at the top of a leaderboard, uh, at, you know, with a lot of spotlight, a lot of pressure on you. He's been talking to the media, being asked a lot of questions in the last seven days or so. And opens up with a triple bogey on Friday, but it did not derail him, Bob. You see where he hit his opening tee shot? <laughs> yes. It ended up on a bridge. <clears throat> standing in the. How hard is it to do that? I mean... Just to hit the middle of the bridge, that he should get bonus points for that. But that's where it ended up. So he had to take a drop, which led to that triple bogey. And as the old saying goes, if you're gonna triple bogey a hole, it might as well be the first one. Uh, birdied five of the last six, and, and uh, man, it's it's such a good story. Yeah, he's got kind of everything going right now. He seems very comfortable with. Uh... You know, kind of being asked to, uh, to make an, uh, a statement, his opinion on the, the state of the universe, so to speak, as a, uh, a black athlete in a predominantly white sport, uh, born in North Carolina, did not grow up with a lot. His perspective was wonderful uh, in terms of what's happening south of the border. And uh, I thought he, he put a lot of thought into what he said. And, I, and that was part of his statement that uh, he didn't want to just speak for the sake of speaking. He wanted to digest what was going on and give a, uh, an honest opinion. Good on HV3, so popular out there. 63, 66. Uh, let's hear from Harold Varner III on bouncing back from an opening triple bogey. Um, if you're going to make a triple, you want to do it while you're playing well. So I, I knew I was playing well, so I was like, I can get it back. I just got to be patient. Um, and then I got it back in a hurry. So that was uh, that was nice. And then once I got it back to even par, I was like, you know, just keep keep getting after, keep giving yourself looks. And then to finish the way I did was pretty awesome. You guys left, and I started making birds. It was even better. I love that. You guys left, I started making birdies. He's got a one-shot lead over Jordan Spieth, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, the incredible bulk, Colin Morikawa at 9-under, Shoffley at 9-under, McElroy, world number one, firing back with a 63 yesterday, also at 9-under par. Justin Thomas at 8 with Brandon Grace, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, and Daniel Berger all at 8-under par. Team Canada, Corey Connors, 7-under par. And Adam Hadwin is falling back to four under after a rough day yesterday at 71. But Jordan Spieth, I said it earlier in the week when we were talking about this, and, you know, what's the most interesting story and what's the, the most interesting headline, so to speak? And I said, the curious case of Jordan Spieth is what caught my eye all week. It's what I was thinking about Tuesday. It was what I was thinking about Wednesday. Were we going to see... The Jordan Spieth of old, the Jordan Spieth that has dominated every category in this tournament since 2013. Of course, the 2016 champion, but I mean, if you check up every ball striking category, every short game category since 2013 in this tournament, relation to par being the most important one, 
Jordan Spieth's name is number one in pretty much every single column. But the question was, was the old Jordan going to show up? Or the Jordan we've seen in the last couple of years, the Jordan that can't find the fairway, the Jordan that it just falls apart. Now, there has been a trend with Jordan of getting out of the gates Thursday, Friday, okay, and then comes to the weekend, he heads backwards. He heads in reverse. Bob, to your credit, you said we were going to see the old Jordan. You said he was going to show up this week. We're at that kind of point now in the tournament. What happens? Do we keep seeing the old Jordan, in your opinion? Is he a guy that keeps moving forward, or we get into that little habit we've seen the last few years where he goes in reverse now on Saturday? Well, I think I think you brought up earlier in the week the his driving numbers. He's ranked 227th in driving accuracy. Yesterday, he hit 13 of 14 fairways. Um, I think if the driver or off the tee works for him, then then I think he's going to keep playing well. He... Uh, he did have that four putt on the third green, which kind of scared me a little bit. There was some of those little uh, whoop, 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 you know, kind of putts. <laughs> and and I, I was a little nervous about that. But I think if he gets the ball in the fairway off the tee around this golf course, it's such a huge advantage. And I think he may not win, but I think he's going to be he's going to be right there on Sunday if he keeps doing that. And I think that's important, Bob. I, I think winning is obviously what he wants to do because he hasn't won since the Open Championship three years ago. Um so I know obviously winning is on his mind, but I think uh, it's about showing signs of life right now for Jordan, and it's about being in contention there on Sunday, to your point. Just having a chance to win, just being there as a tournament winds down on a Sunday because it has been so long, and it's about attitude uh, on the golf course. And speaking of attitude on the golf course, Spieth uh, had an opportunity to speak to the media uh, at hand about his attitude on the golf course. It was mostly all positive, just had a like a 20-minute hiccup. Uh, really, it was less than that. It was just on the green on three and then four. Um, I was nice to myself. I felt like I regrouped a lot better than I had been pre the you know, last couple years where I let mistakes like that get to me. Um, and to play five and, and hit three iron, six iron, and make a putt there on the hardest hole in the golf course and make a birdie, um, it, was, it was certainly my attitude that allowed that to, to be possible. You know, and there it is right there, Bob. He got off to a rough start on Thursday. He looked very sloppy on Thursday. It looked like things could go sideways early for him. He kept a positive attitude. He fought, stayed in there, hung around on Thursday, ended up hosting a 65. Yesterday, again, maybe things aren't going exactly the way he wants. A little kind to himself. Stay in the moment. Don't get ahead of yourself. Fights out another round of 65. Okay, on the other side, Bob, we're going to continue with uh, uh, stardom, sit'em, which we did on Thursday. We pick a player that we like to move up the leaderboard, and we pick a player that we like to go in the other direction. Now, Thursday, I was 50%. I was screaming Colin Morikawa all week, as you know. He was one of the guys I really liked in this tournament. I liked him Thursday. He shot 64. He followed it up with a 67. Morikawa in a tie for fourth, only two off the pace. Uh, I leaned on him Thursday. I was right. I was wrong with my sit -em. I was right with my pick -em, but I was wrong with my sit -em. I thought uh, Justin Thomas was going to have a bit of a rough afternoon. I, I didn't like his comments in the media uh, center, uh, his press conference. I didn't like him being jittery around uh, Ricky Fowler's microphone. And it looks like Ricky Fowler's microphone bothered Ricky Fowler, not JT, because he shot 64 on Thursday, followed it up with a 68. And Justin Thomas is only three off the pace. So I went one for one. Do you remember uh, your uh, picks on Thursday, Bob? 
Uh, I took DJ as my sit-em, and, uh, and that was, or maybe I took Bubba Watts. I can't remember. It was Bubba. Yes, <laughs> okay, it was Bubba, because I agreed it with was you, Bubba. and we were both wrong, because Bubba's having not a bad uh, go. Not, not lighting it up, but he, he's, I think he's, you know, Bubba's playing on the weekend anyway. Uh, who did you like? I can't recall. Do you recall? I think, if my, I think my start, I had Harold Varner III. There you go. So no, no, I didn't. I didn't really. I, just... I don't know. I don't know. You could have tell me that, and I'd I'd believe you. I, I do not recall. Dude, yes, there you go. I do not recall who you take. Actually, Bubba have... Watson, guys, sixty-eight, sixty-six at six hundred. So not a bad start for Bubba as well. Well, Bob, let's see how we do this week. We're going to do it again on the other side. We're going to welcome in Adam Scully. We're going to do it again. We're going to start him. We're going to sit him. A little fantasy action here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we are diving deep this morning into the Charles Schwab Challenge. So good that the PGA Tour is back and the leaderboard's great. HV3, Harold Varner III, 11 under par, good for a one-shot lead over Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau at 10 under, Cole Marikawa, Xander Shoffley, Rory McIlroy, world number one. They're hanging in there in a T4 at 9 under, two off the pace at 8 under par. Justin Thomas, Brandon Grace, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, Daniel Berger, they're at eight under par. That's rounding out your top ten. Corey Connors just outside at seven under par, still within shouting distance. All right, welcoming in Mr. Adam Scully. Skulls, how you doing this morning? I'm great, gentlemen. It's uh, it's a little chilly here in the GTA today, but awesome that we're talking about 36 holes of actual golf on the PGA Tour. Yes, what a thrill. Real golf, as opposed to what-ifs and maybes down the road. Real golf. And a great-looking tournament, a great leaderboard. Now, Adam, you brought up a great idea earlier this week. You know, fantasy golf has has really kind of gotten hot in the last Mm -hmm. little while. Uh, You know, PGA Tour now open, obviously open to to gambling and sports betting. And you see golf really becoming popular in this genre. So we decided to start a segment, start them, sit them in your fantasy golf team, a player that we like in the afternoon and a player uh, we don't like so much that might uh, head the other way. So we're going to do it again here, and we're going to start with Weeksy. Bob, uh, you got a great-looking leaderboard here. You can go many different ways. Who are you starting on Team Weeks, and who are you saying, ah, sit this one out this afternoon? I'm going to start Corey Connors, and uh, the reason, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a homer pick. I won't, I won't hide that. But the reason I'm picking him is he walked off the golf course yesterday and said, I really like the way I'm putting. <laughs> when I Ooh. hear those words out of Corey Connors' mouth, I, I think that, uh, that good things are ahead. Now, the first round, he putted really well. 3.486 strokes gained putting. It, wasn't just a, it was just above 
the uh, the positive side in round two. I thought he missed a couple of good opportunities. He actually birdied four of the first five holes, and on the sixth hole, he had a five-footer that he missed. So if he if his putter warms up even slightly, um, as it was over the first two days, we know his ball striking is great. We know he can, 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 can keep it in the fairway and keep it on the green. I really like him to jump up the leaderboard. Sitting is another story. I'm kind of going, I, I just revealed all those stats on Corey Connors. You know, the, I'm, I'm picking Justin Rose, and Justin Rose's stats, if you look at the stat numbers, they're actually pretty good. He's, uh, he's 63-69 over the first two rounds, and he's, he's played, you know, pretty, pretty solid golf. Although when I watch him, it always seemed to me like he was just getting through and just getting by. There's no stat for that. You know, it's, he's sinking <laughs> right. the putt at the right time, getting a good break out of a, a, a drive, an errant drive, or things like that. And I'm just waiting for the wheels maybe to come off on this a bit. I hope they don't because I like Justin Rose, but, but I, I'm just a little nervous with what I've seen so far in relation to the scores he's posting. And I, I know where you're going with that, Bob. It's that it's it's something that it's a hunch. And statistically, I know you're playing a hunch as well with uh, Corey Connors. But you're what you're saying is we may not have seen Corey's best round yet in this tournament because his you know he's here and his putter really hasn't uh, heated up the way it was early in, on Thursday. And from the flip side of that coin, with Justin Rose, uh, it's taken a lot of will from uh, the universe to keep him at eight under at this point. That 69 yesterday could have quite easily been a 74, to your point. And uh, I, so I know where you're going. You're not willing it on him, but something you just don't like, you just don't see it. Adam, who do you like? Who? Where do you see it? Where do you don't see it? Just to piggyback on Bob's point there on Justin Rose, the same thing could be said about his round on Thursday. His first tee shot goes miles left. He he punches the shot just sort of a couple paces off the green, and he sort of and he he bumped in a fairway wood from uh, from off the green like he did so many times at the 2013 U.S. Open when he went on to win. So and then obviously later in his round on Thursday, he had another tee shot miles right, hits a tree, bounces back into the middle of the fairway. I'm pretty sure he birdied the hole as well. So uh, definitely watching out for Justin Rose during the last 36 holes here at Colonial. As for me, I am starting Brandon Grace. He wanted a course like this before, 2016 RBC Heritage. He's top 15 in the field so far this week in strokes gained approach to green, around the green, and putting. And don't forget, he has a low round in him. He holds the major championship record with a 62 back at the 2017 Open Championship at Royal Birkdale. I am starting Brandon Grace. On the sitting side of things, this goes back to the conversation you guys just had in segment two. And it segues well with 2017 at Royal Birkdale. That's Jordan Spieth. He obviously hasn't won since winning the Open Championship back in 2017. Yes, he's gone 65-65 this week. But a big reason for his struggles since that victory in 2017, his play on the weekend. In 2019, he was in the top 10 on the PGA Tour in scoring average during the first two rounds. On the weekend, around 170th. In 2020, so far his third round scoring average is tied for 158th. And his final round, 171st. Bob, as you were mentioning, if he can keep it on the planet off the tee, he should be in the mix because his swing is looking a little more unbalanced than it was in the last couple of years. But uh, I'm still going to be sitting Jordan Spieth. 
Ooh, bold prediction uh, sitting George Spieth on a venue that he knows inside out. But like to your point, it, it all comes down to that T-ball. I think you guys are bang on. Bob thinks he keeps it in the fairway and continues the march. Adam thinks the old driver rears its ugly head. The driver we've seen over the last couple of years, he goes backwards. All right, uh, Adam, you're starting Brandon Grace. I'm sitting his butt. I'm Ooh, telling nice. Grace, sit out. You're not going anywhere. And I'll tell you why. Brandon Grace, the only player right now inside the top 10 on this leaderboard, hitting less than 70% of his greens in regulation. Uh, Brandon Grace, 66.67% greens in reg. All week, we've been screaming that this would be a green in regulation contest. He strokes game putting of 2.509. He's making everything, missing a bunch of greens. He's living by the blitz, and when you live by the blitz, you can die by the blitz. I'm going to sit Brandon Grace. You need to hit more greens at Colonial. And on the flip side of that coin, there's a few players I looked at starting. Colin Morikawa, Daniel Berger hitting a ton of greens. Can't make Daniel Berger couldn't make a putt right now, guys, if it was the size of a bathtub and you asked them to roll it into it, okay? But to that point, Xander Shoffley, okay, hitting almost 90 percent of his greens in reg 88.89 let's just call that 89 percent of his greens in regulation for xander shoffley rounds of 65 66 strokes game putting 0.7 just on the positive side and strokes game putting xander shoffley to bob's point with Corey connors if he just starts to sniff it at all with the flat stick hitting 90 percent of your greens in reg look out almost impossible to go backwards, almost impossible to go in reverse on a leaderboard when you're hitting that many greens in regulation. Now, let me just let me pull up these Daniel Berger stats as well. 94.44%, this must be leading the way in greens and reg, almost 95% of his greens in regulation for Daniel Berger. Negative strokes game putting of minus 0.14, and he finds himself at eight under par. So, uh, this is a little sleeper. I know we're only allowed to start one, so I'll stick with Xander Shoffley, but I wouldn't be surprised, guys. You can't putt that bad for that long, can you? Like, can you really putt as poorly as Daniel Berger and still be near a leaderboard? I don't know. You hit 95% of your greens of regulation. The game can be frustrating. Can it not, Bob? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and when you say that you can't putt that bad, can't keep putting that bad for that long, I don't know. There's a few guys on the PGA Tour I know would argue with, with you on that one. Oh, for, for sure. I hear you. Um, it's going to be interesting now. I, I, I like the Corey Connors. I think, I think, I think Corey's going to continue to play well. Jordan Spieth, I want to make a prediction. I, I think both you gentlemen are being very bold to, to be able to suggest that Spieth's going to do anything. I don't know what to expect from Jordan Spieth, and that's why I find his story so interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say this. Um, to Bob's point, he doesn't want to see jo- uh, Justin Rose go backwards, etc., uh, you know, we don't really cheer against anyone or necessarily at that many times cheer for anybody. Obviously, we like to see our Canadian guys do well. And there's guys that we have uh, a different relationship with maybe out there that we like to see do well. But I think the game is more interesting. And I think the PGA Tour is a better product when Jordan Spieth is a top 10 player in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that, Adam? We'll start with you. Would you? Would you? Do you think it, the Jor- the Jordan Spieth saga and the Jordan Spieth that was ringing off majors and doing things we saw at the at the Open Championship that the PGA Tour is a better better product when Jordan Spieth is 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 a top player in the world? Absolutely. Like you, you look at the way he's won. 
some of his tournaments. You go back to his first victory at the John Deere Classic, holding out from the bunker on a one-hop ball that was probably going in the water, honestly. Holds that out. Traveler's Championship a couple years ago. Holds out from the bunker in a playoff to win. Royal Birkdale 2017 Open. Hits his ball 120 yards right of the fairway. Has to take 30 minutes to take a drop. And when he's in contention, he's one of those guys, he talks to his golf ball a lot. Uh, we've seen it in the past. You know, there's, then there's moments like last year at the U.S. Open when he chewed out his caddy, Michael Greller, at Pebble Beach at the U.S. Open. He's thrilling. He'd be a guy you'd want to have a microphone on, although he, uh, his voice gets picked up by the mics they already have on the golf course a lot. <laughs> but, you know, 2015, Jordan Spieth, he was the most dominant, you know, going 1-1, tied for fourth and second in the majors like he did back in 2015. When he's on, you know, he can be one of the best players in the world. And as you said, Mark, golf is certainly... Uh, more, not more entertaining, but a better place, I guess, with Jordan Spieth uh, on top of his game. Bob, would you agree with that? Are you with Adam and I that just the PGA Tour product is better when Jordan Spieth's like a better, like one of the top players in the world as opposed to what we're seeing now? That if you, that if we could, you know, throw in with what we're getting from Brooks Kepka and what we're getting from Justin Thomas and what we're getting from Rory McIlroy, that if you could throw in the Jordan Spieth from years ago into that mix, I think just overall it's more exciting as we head into majors. I agree. I think uh, I think in some respects, this is a <laughs> weird statement to make, but I think in some respects it's kind of fun to follow him when he's not playing well because he does as yeah. Adam was saying, you know, he talks to himself and he talks to the ball, but you don't want to see that all the time. I mean, he's fallen out of the top 50 in the world ranking, so you want him to get back up there. So I like I like the uh, the up and down uh, Jordan Spieth a lot more. I like a guy who's who will surprise you out of nowhere and play uh, four great rounds and then maybe fall off a little bit because it's uh, it's interesting to to watch the wild ride that he sometimes goes on. He's a very entertaining guy. He's a very well spoken guy. Um, this, I was listening to his press conference yesterday, and he's you know he's um, he's sort of open about what he goes through in a lot of cases. He's trying to get away from being too technical now and working on kind of on feels and how it feels to him. And and as you point pointed out earlier, Mark, about how he's uh, trying to stay a little more relaxed after you know that four putt. So um, he's an interesting guy, and and it's always better if he's playing a little bit better. I do agree with the mic though too. What be, having him mic'd up for four rounds? Are you kidding me? That would be brilliant. You'd have to have Greller mic'd too though. Oh, yeah. I just would you not want to hear that? All right, Skulls. We're going to say goodbye to Adam Skelly. Welcome him back later on in the show for Winners Weird and What. On the other side, Bob and I are going to give away six dozen TP5 or TP5X golf balls from our friends or ta- from TaylorMade as twenty weeks of TaylorMade continues. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As we wrap up hour one, still lots to get to in hour two. We're going to kick off hour two of GTC with Michael Toth, who is the tournament director at Colonial, the Charles Schwab Challenge. We had him on uh, just over a week ago, all the work that needed to get done in advance of the Charles Schwab Challenge to be COVID ready, etc., with all the, the new policies in place for the PGA Tour. Uh, so far, so good. I think a real success. We will talk to Mike 
uh, now that we are heavy into the week, uh, his perspective on what is happening in Fort Worth, Texas. We're also going to give away a set of Velocity tea product that we profiled earlier this week on Golf Talk Canada. But before we get to that, Bob, 20 weeks of TaylorMade has to continue. We must continue to give prizes away. It's just who we are. And congratulations uh, to Linda uh, Gagliardi. Gagliardi, I believe. Gagliardi. How, Gagliardi, thank you. Gagliardi. Linda, Winnipeg, Ontario, Bob. Sorry, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Absolutely losing my mind. Congratulations to Linda. You win six dozen TP5 or TP5X golf balls. Your choice. Um, through 20 weeks of TaylorMade. All, all Linda did was follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. She followed us on Instagram and Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. And by doing that, she won a luck, lucky draw. Six dozen TaylorMade golf balls. Uh, next week, Bob, we're giving away a SimMax driver, which I believe is the driver of choice for Mr. Bob Weeks. Uh, yes, anyone who is. follows us. Yeah. So how are you hitting that SimMax? You still let you play this week, Bob? I didn't. I'm playing tomorrow, uh, and uh, I'm I'm champing at the bit to try and get out there and hit that stick again. Yeah, I I, I did not play as much. We've been busy this week. It's been harder to get over play golf <laughs> this week. You know, that's that's what made me laugh when you made the little slip there about uh, about Winnipeg, Ontario, because I this week has just I don't know how we've all done it. To be perfectly honest, it's been the, one of the busiest weeks in Golf Talk Canada history. Uh, and I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing with you because I, I'm doing the same kind of thing. We're kind of running on fumes here. But I will say a nice shout out this morning from Big Birdie on a Twitter who said uh, thank you for the putter that uh, he won in 20 weeks at TaylorMade or she, I guess. I don't know if it's a he or she. Um, but uh, he said he's, they said they're going to post a picture of it when he sinks one like Rory McIlroy. Very, very nice. Yes. No. Uh, I'm with you, Bob. I'm I. <laughs> There are, there are fumes this morning for sure. Uh, and if you're listening to us nationally, coast to coast, what Bob and I are referring to is we had uh, two hours of Golf Talk Canada Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week in the TSN 1050 market here in Toronto, our, our home of Golf Talk Canada. We had our video podcast. Bob was all over SportsCenter, all over TSN.ca. Uh, I was doing radio hits coast to coast as well this week in Winnipeg and Edmonton and Vancouver. Um, it just, it's just been crazy. It's good. We're happy to be yep. busy. We're happy that golf is back, but it was uh, a bit of a whirlwind to get uh, ready for this Charles Schwab challenge. Of course, Adam's busy as well with Scully Scoop and a bunch of efforting on his behalf and, and making sure that Bob and I have uh, everything we need as well here to produce uh, GTC. And that's going to continue this week, as if you're listening to us in Toronto, and even if you're listening to us coast-to-coast coast and you want more Golf Talk Canada, you can always listen online, the iHeartRadio app. We're going to be doing two hours of Golf Talk Canada every Tuesday and Thursday throughout the summer from noon to 2 o'clock in that normal Leafs lunch uh, time slot. Uh, noon to 2 Tuesday, noon to 2 Thursday, Golf Talk Canada. Back here next Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. for our, our weekly national spot. Back this Wednesday afternoon, tsn.ca on the Golf Talk Canada podcast. And Golf Talk Canada TV returns our August 1st. Uh, and what I mean by TV returning, returning, it's not just our weekly TV program coming back, which will come back that week. 
but you'll also be able to watch Golf Talk Canada Radio Coast to Coast on TSN2 every Saturday morning for the month of August and for the month of September. So as we head into major championship season, Ryder Cup season, FedEx Cup playoff season, you're going to have two hours of Golf Talk Canada TV every Saturday morning as well. And, of course, our weekly GTC TV program getting you set almost as pregame for the game's biggest events throughout the month of August and September on Golf Talk Canada Television. We don't stop. Uh, we're like the Energizer Bunny for golf. It's going to continue. And speaking of that continuing, we've got an hour coming up. Michael Toth coming up to kick off hour two. We're going to have winners weird and what. Lots to get to. Bob, uh, Michael Toth, success so far. Uh, what's on your mind? What are, what are you looking forward to hearing from mo- most from, from Mike's perspective now that he has two days of competition behind him as a tournament director of the Charles Schwab Challenge? I'm I'm really interested to uh, to hear you know what for all the planning and everything that they prepared for what was the one unexpected item that came up or two unexpected items came up and did he know about those people who were going to build a grandstand in their backyard on the 15th hole did you <laughs> see those is, people yes I saw it I saw it. it's the the only grandstand in sight and it's not on property but uh, well. <laughs> You'll hear that and more. We'll have a chance to ask Mike that coming up on the other side as he kicks off our two. And remember, follow us on social media as 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer. Follow us at Golf Talk Canada. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, hour two. Another busy show, just a busy week for GPC. Charles Schwab Championship, obviously all the eyes of the golfing world on Colonial and the reboot of the PGA Tour season. If you were listening to Golf Talk Canada last week on our Thursday edition, I believe it was, we were joined by Michael Toth, who is the tournament director at Colonial and Canada's own, born and raised in Ontario, worked for Golf Canada, a very successful uh stint in many uh organizations governing bodies tournaments and has landed himself the last nine years as tournament director at fort worth for colonial hogan's alley he was kind enough to join us uh over a week ago to talk about all the preparation that went into uh, getting ready for the return of the pga tour and the amount of work uh that was involved well now we're in it we're halfway through the tournament and he's been kind enough to join us again michael first off uh, thanks again for taking the time in, in the middle of this championship to join Bob and I and speak to uh, Canadian golf fans. And, and secondly, congratulations on what has been a real successful start to bring this back, not only safely, uh, but also a wonderful leaderboard. Uh, it, it's been so exciting, a great tournament so far. Well done. Morning, guys. Uh, yeah, thank you. We're uh, two days down. I'm standing... Um, kind of by the big monster board we have over at 18 and it's quiet i mean it's one of those things where you know as we eased into the week you know we really didn't know what to expect and uh once we kind of got 
all the guys tested and on the ground and worked out a few little kinks. You're always going to have them. I, I think the the response from, from all of the players that I've talked to has really been good, and weather's been fantastic. Uh, I've been told it looks good on TV, which is important. And then when you look at the leaderboard, I mean, Harold Barnes, the third, Spieth, DeChambeau, McElroy. So you've got – and then you've got, you know, Justin Thomas and – Woodland Rose. So there's some guys on our leaderboard that have played us before and won in speed. DeChambeau's played us a bunch. McElroy never played us. Thomas never played us. Woodland's maybe played us a couple times. Varner's played us once. So kind of, uh, yeah, it's, we're, 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 we're kind of humming along here. We're, uh, I don't want to say we're in cruise control because we're not, but we, we feel really good about what's going on here in Fort Worth at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Mike, the, obviously you did a lot of planning. You did a lot of preparation. We talked to you about that, about how much work went into it from from the moment you got the phone call from the PGA Tour. What was the biggest surprise? What was the one thing that you didn't expect was going to happen that you dealt with? Oh, good question. Um, or was know, there I any? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, gosh, you know, I think when we, when we learned in April that, uh, you know, we were going to go in June. There, there was a million things. I think we kind of talked about it, but there was a million things. And then, you know, I think we tried to salvage as much as we could with fans and spectators and members of the club. And then once we realized that that is just not going to be possible, it allowed us to focus on players and player safety. So I think we were kind of always grappling with, is it the right thing to do by not having fans? And, and unfortunately with the field as fantastic as it is that was the right decision so that was probably the hardest decision you know there's been a few little curveballs thrown our direction and it's more or less just refining the process like okay if a guy is inside the bubble um or and he's waiting to get tested how does he get food and so we kind of worked through that process and then if we had a caddy let's just say we had a caddy that you know, tested positive. How do we address that? So we quickly found four guys and tested them and said, okay, you're sort of caddy alternate. So it was some of those things, Bob, that we had to work our way through that we wouldn't normally have worked through. So I don't know if, I think it was just, you know, and and patience, you know, everybody, everybody wants answers now. Everybody wants to know how to do it now. And it just, that was impossible through this whole process. Monday of tournament week for us, which is typically our Monday pro-am, you know, we, we felt like we had a good plan in, in place. Guys were starting to arrive. The feedback from them was really, really good. So I think we could then settle down. I think we were all on high alert until guys started getting on the ground. I mean, Brooks Kepka got here Saturday, and we weren't set up for anything. You know, he rolls in, and he's been tested, and he's, you know, but once we – once we got the guys getting through the process and doing player dining and doing the testing and getting their orange lanyard, once all of that started humming, then we really, really settled down and settled into it, and, and um, we're, we're in a good place now. I mean, now, now it's just Mother Nature. Forecast is spectacular, and, and, um, but there was nothing really that was surprising because I think we just ran through every possible scenario we could, so... You know, what, what's the old, you know, you just got to plan. We plan for a lot of scenarios, and, and we landed on the one that's uh, being executed right now. Uh, Mike, just curious, is is there a plan uh, to test the players again? I know 
you know, we refer to the bubble, but there are some players uh, that have rented homes that are, you know, not in the, the, the tournament hotel, so to speak, et cetera. Do the players get tested again? If so, how does that process work? Uh, if not, how does that decision come about? Yeah, so uh, we're setting up right now testing today for anybody that is going on the charter to Hilton Head Island. So the charter leaves Monday morning. There's two planes, 9 and 10.30, I think. So anybody, any player, any caddy that's going on that plane, those two planes to, to Harbor Town, will be tested today. And I think it's a saliva test. So that's really just identifying that they're still COVID-19 free and they can hop on the airplane. And um, so, those, so those are the tests we're going to conduct Saturday. I'm not sure when they get to Hilton Head if, if they're going to test there or not. But, but we're going to test all the guys that, A, have missed the cut going to Harbortown, and, B, guys that have made the cut um, uh, you know, before or after their round today, too. So, so guys are going to get tested today if they're going to go to Harbortown. Mike, the, uh, the one of the stories that you talked about early was how you had to tell a lot of longtime volunteers that they couldn't work this year just because of the numbers. I think you said there were sixteen hundred down to about three hundred, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I got a really cool video that someone sent me from from the golf tournament of Adam Hadwin making a birdie on the fifth hole, and he and there's one woman volunteer standing on a roadway far away from the green. She obviously knew what was going on, and she was applauding. And apparently that she was there for quite a number of the, uh, I guess that was her station where she was. But what's what's the reaction been of the volunteers? And I think that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that this woman did, uh, just giving a little bit of encouragement to the players. But what's the reaction been with from the volunteers? Well, the reaction is, is, is probably similar to mine, that it's just quiet. You know, they're not having to deal with fans. They're probably finding a few more balls. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that was really interesting is guys got here, you know, the rough is thick. And so typically you're rope lined with, with volunteers. So I think there was a little bit of worry, but we'd lose some balls out here, uh, which hasn't happened. But, um, you know, the, obviously the volunteers on the ground are loving it. They're part of a historical uh, mile marker in, in our history. And, and, but then again, you know, we've we've tried to through photography and through social media keep our other 1,600 volunteers, or I guess in this case, sorry, there are the 13 or 1,200 volunteers, just sort of updated on what's going on over here, similar to what we're doing with our fans and our and, and our corporates that aren't on the ground. So, um, with the interesting piece in in some of our volunteer history too, which we we did not talk about, and it just came to mind, is that. When players, when the tour made uh, mandated, not mandated, I guess they changed their policy that, that players, PGA Tour players, could wear shorts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday during practice rounds. Um, our volunteers traditionally for 74 years have always worn pants. I think we like that look on TV. And then when Charles Schwab said, you know, we really don't care, it was then personal preference. So we went to our volunteers early last year and said, hey, would you guys – be okay with going to shorts and unanimously they all want to wear shorts it's hot in fort worth and so i think our volunteers are in good mood because a they're in shorts if they want to b they're not dealing with crowds and then c you know we reward our volunteers with being able to play golf and so we've said to all volunteers and anybody that's registered come and play golf you know we're not going to strip that away from you because you're not working you've been a you know a volunteer for 25 years or 30 years or whatever it might be or only a couple years we 
we want you to come play golf. So we're going to still honor volunteers to come play Colonial Country Club at some point in the fall. But the volunteer, you know, uh, mentality out here is is good. Everybody's good. The vibe is really, really good. It's just quiet. It just is really, really quiet. And what's happening too is, like, I am I don't know seventy five yards from eighteen green, and I'm probably fifty yards from seventeen t. But you got to talk quietly. You know, when you've got bodies <laughs> around us, right? You got bodies around us. The sound gets absorbed. Well, I was over on. 12 or 13 yesterday and i was talking on my phone just like i'm doing right now and, and guys in 11 forever like Shh, quiet and you're like okay yeah you got to remember you got to kind of be quiet we're at a golf course so um but the vibe's good the volunteers are they're just they just love you know we 75 years or 74 years at the same venue you have a good solid local volunteer corps and they're part of they're part of some history so they're they're uh, they're enjoying it Mike, you're scaring the crap out of me because this has been in my head. I got to do play-by-play for PGA Tour Radio in a couple weeks in Detroit. It'll be my first event back with the radio team and talk about voices carrying. I'm going to be trying to do play-by-play from 200 yards away, so nobody, nobody will hear me. Well, out get there. with uh, get with, get with John Rollins. John's been out here doing working with PGA Tour Live, and he could probably give you some tips. I mean, he's you, you can just watch. I'm Dottie Pepper too. I mean, she's tucked back behind a tree or over here yeah you just kind of have to really keep your voice down because it carries now i don't know about detroit but it carries here oh and, yeah, it uh, does. We, yeah you know what we, we've even been out there on tour a few times over the years where you just get the thinner crowds which isn't the case at colonial but you get to some spots in the fall with some thinner crowds and it's a uh, it's very uh, different job mike before we let you go have to ask this question because i know bob is dying to know the answer sure Th- did you know about the makeshift corporate uh, grandstand in the backyard? I forget what hole it's on. It was all over the broadcast yesterday. But uh, <laughs> someone in their backyard built like a... <laughs> yeah, so it's actually in... There's actually one, two... There's actually three locations. Uh, golfers, right-hand side of 15, uh, and then 16T, and then there's a, there's a platform over by, like, hole three and um i think we knew it was going to go up and and i kind of like it i dig it you know i mean if you're going to go to that effort to to be a part of the golf tournament have at it they're outside the gates they're not harming anything um we've actually seen some people on ladders i mean you talk about you talk (laughs) about make yeah you talk about making uh you talk about making a an effort i've seen some folks on ladders sitting on ladder which gets you above sort of the hedge and the fence so um yeah i'm all good with it i'm all good with it our director of sales his name's mike zingan in fact that's another story mike's from burlington ontario and worked for golf canada and played football at McGill he uh he's like we 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 got to build something in front of them they can't be doing that next year they're taking money out of our pocket and this I'm like settle zing settle down it'll be okay <laughs> you know it's kind of it's, it's uh you know it, it's fun it's it's been it's been fun to see the creativity and I applaud it so yeah I'm glad I'm glad they're getting a little airtime. it's good it's fun Mike, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations. Great championship. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. Just a brilliant finish coming up at Colonial. And uh, you guys deserve it. You put in a lot of effort. Well done. And enjoy the next 48 hours. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to call in a couple times. And um, 
you know, representing, uh, you know, Canadian golf down here is, uh, has, has been, uh, it's been a fun little journey with, with Canadian media. So I do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, a Canadian would look good on that leader. You know, a Canadian would look good on that wall. So, uh, you know, we got to cheer our guys on, right? Hadwin, Connors, and uh, Mackenzie Hughes. Let's, let's see if we can get it done. It'd be fun to have a Canadian on that wall. That's it. Connors very much in striking distance. Let's go. Mike, thanks again for your time. Mike Toth, tournament director, Colonial, Charles Schwab Challenge. They've got a great 36 to go. And speaking of a great 36 to go, we got some great chase- chasers. DeChambeau and McElroy being two of them. We'll hear from them next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. You know, it's just funny, Bob, how these things always line up all the time. Tourism Ireland, thank you to their support of the show. But there's an Irishman in the hunt here at Colonial. Uh, only two off the pace. Harold Varner III with the lead. But Rory McIlroy, Bob, after a 63 yesterday. That name obviously lurking. People must be staring at it. Listen to these results this year for Rory McIlroy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he is uh, he is just playing some spectacular golf right now. The results that you you see from from top all top five finishes. He had the win earlier in the uh, in the year, and uh, and I just love the way he's playing golf right now. He just seems to be comfortable in his own skin. Seems to be free and uh, happy with the way his game is. He's looks like he's. I mean, how how could you not be happy when you're staying in a house that has a um, uh, simulator in it. It just seems to be really, really good stuff. Uh, why don't we hear from Rory McIlroy after his 63? I learned a lot about my game yesterday, just those 18 holes, and you know, you can do as much practice as you want, play as much as you want at home, but until you actually get into that competitive environment, you're never 100% sure of, of how your game is, so I, I learned a lot yesterday, and I feel like I made some improvements today on yesterday and, and, and learned a, a few things. Um, so, no, not not surprised. I mean, I've been playing well at home and I've been hitting the ball the way I've wanted to. Uh, it's just a matter of getting it to translate out onto tournament play, and it's it's nice that it has. Now, I'm not sure if we've got Mark Zucchino back yet. He has uh, some technical difficulties. This is what happens in the virtual world now when we're all working from home, sitting in our shorts or our sweats, depending on the weather right now. But I do believe... That we may have master producer Adam Scully uh, getting in there to uh, to help us out. Um, the other guy who made a lot of noise this week, and not just by hitting bombs, which he is hitting massive bombs, but just by the way he appeared 
Bryson DeChambeau, as we all know, at the start of this season, put on a few extra pounds of muscle. And in the offseason, <laughs> this second offseason, I guess if you want to call it that, he absolutely bulked up with another 20 pounds of muscle. Uh, Adam Scully, you are in that same vein of a guy who likes to work out, but apparently DeChambeau worked out three times a day, every day during the, the sit-down. What do you think of that? Well, it's uh, it's pretty crazy to think what he's going through. Going Looking at some of the photos when he first sort of came on the scene with the U.S. Amateur and playing in the Masters a couple of years ago, and now he looks like a different human being. He's, he's put on, you know, looking back, it's what, 40 pounds in the last eight months or so? I mean, I, I saw something on Twitter yesterday that you retweeted, Bob, that he's having five or six protein shakes a day. <laughs> Like what? That's crazy. <laughs> Gentlemen, can can you hear me? Is Zucchino back on Planet Golf Talk Canada? <laughs> I thought you maybe had gone to uh to Winnipeg, Ontario. I don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> Not too sure. Little technical difficulties this morning. You know, we've been uh, pretty lucky as well, guys, in the sense that overall since we've been broadcasting from home, we've had very little issues. Uh this morning it kind of all happened at once here causes Zucchino power, internet, then the cellular signal dropped. So if this didn't work, I was just going to stand on the front lawn with a megaphone for the rest of the show. <laughs> I figured that that might do the uh... trick, but uh you know, on the other side, we will jump into Winner's Weird and What, and we will talk a little bit more about Bryson DeChambeau, etc. But, guys, looking at this leaderboard now, HV3, Spieth, DeChambeau, uh, to my point earlier, and uh, we'll go back to you then, Adam, with this. Uh, you got to think Rory's name is leaping out of the leaderboard. He hasn't finished outside the top five this year on the PGA Tour. And then we get into the conversation, which I find to be an interesting one because... If we go back to Tiger Woods, guys, and listen, maybe unfair to compare somebody to Tiger, but you're a victim of your own success in a way. And Scully, at what point does the narrative change between he hasn't finished outside the top five this year to hasn't finished outside the top five, but only has one victory? Is not adding the win totals. If this was Tiger, he'd have three wins right now. In, in this stretch. Do you not agree? You know, it was a similar story last year heading into the Players' Championship. It was the same thing with Rory McIlroy, and he went on to win. And then, obviously, RBC Canadian Open, he did what he did on the Sunday. But as you mentioned, you know, the, the parody in the game in this day and age is just so good. But as we've mentioned many times, when Rory's on top of his game, he's basically unstoppable. But in past years, sort of that he'd drive it way down the fairway and hit this sort of average wedge shot, maybe long left or to 30 feet instead of, you know, some of the better wedge players in the world inside 10 feet. But uh, with this restart, and I, I guess if Rory went back to that simulator last night, maybe he's grooved in those wedges a little more. We can see another 63 today. <laughs> well, the incredible bulk is uh, right one off the pace, Chad, 65-65, keeps putting on the muscle. We're going to get into Bryson a little bit on the other side, but uh, let's hear from Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, you know, I didn't get off the start I wanted. Um, can easily birdie one and two and didn't do that. 
that I was able to make up with some great iron play and ball striking and uh, made some putts when I needed to. Uh, kept the momentum going and uh, go bogey. I think it was bogey free. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, bogey free. To go bogey free out here is very difficult to do uh, hitting it as far as I am. So that was fun. It was bogey-free. It was a bogey-free 65. Before we go to break, guys, and come back on the other side, Bob, is that the most uncomfortable putting stroke you've ever seen in your life with Bryson DeChambeau? I'm a big fan of the arm lock. I like the science behind the arm lock. We see a Matt Kuchar do a version of it. A lot of guys doing this uh, that may have in the past been belly putter guys that can no longer do that. But boy, Bryson takes it to the umph degree. He's about as vertical and as stiff as you can get. It looks uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, the proof's in the pudding, I guess. Next to your putting stroke, Mark, I would say it's the most unusual <laughs> looking thing I've ever seen. But I will say, I mean, he looks uncomfortable. He just, he looks like, he, I mean, he's so big right now. He looks like he's been inflated. Uh, I don't know how to, uh, how to describe it, but, but, you know, it's it's obviously working for him if you see where he's hitting the golf ball. But on the putting green, if you can go bogey free, you're, you must be rolling some in. So it's it's obviously working for him. It obviously is again. And when he picks up the check, uh, no one's going to make fun of his putting stroke. <laughs> the PGA Tour in driving distance. On the other side, three dub, a three dub edition of Winners Weird and What. Scully will stay on with Week CNI, and we will do Winners Weird and What. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada Week. Zucchino, Adam Scully. No shortage of good, bad, and ugly in the world of golf this week. We're, and that's because golf's actually back. Thank God we're talking about real golf. And that means a real golf version of winners, weird, and what? Three dubs. Scully, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. You know, even thinking about that clip from Phil Mickelson, I saw him wearing the aviators this week. Thought about wearing them on the golf course, but he missed the cut, so probably no aviators for me <laughs> on the golf course. My winner this week is Brooks Kepka. You might think, why is Brooks Kepka your winner? He barely made the cut. But we saw earlier in quarantine, his girlfriend, Jenna Sims, cut his hair. It was a little too high and tight, but he elected to keep the mustache. It was kind of, it wasn't Tom Selleck-y, it wasn't quite Borat, but it was somewhere in between. And he's elected to keep the stash, very nice, for, the, for this <laughs> tournament. And he's, he's had a great attitude around it. So during uh, Tuesday or Wednesday on his practice round, he had a, a red shirt on. 
and many people thought he looked like Mario. So he actually put an Instagram story out with like a Mario emoji on it. So he's he's taking the mustache in stride. Maybe he's going to be a new trendsetter. He tried to be a, a trendsetter a couple of years ago, bench pressing 225 pounds 15 times before winning the U.S. Open. Bob, who knows, maybe some guys who are trying to get jacked are also going to start growing some stashes. I think it's going to be the new style. It's going to be uh, what the PGA Tour, I think, by... By, I'm going to say by Memorial, every player will have to have a, a mustache. Wonderful. Isn't this wonderful? Everyone on tour is going to look like they're starring in the 70s pornography. This is just wonderful. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, speaking of working out, this goes to my weird. And my weird and my what are both sort of around Bryson DeChambeau. But my weird, did you guys see the 15-minute video Bryson DeChambeau put out on his Instagram account? Just before teeing off on Thursday, a 15-minute montage of him working out throughout quarantine. I mean, one minute might be a little excessive, but 15 minutes? Mark, did you get a chance to see this? I have not seen this yet, but I am going to go and look at it now because you're, you know, you, you intrigued me this morning when you, you kind of hinted that you might t be talking about this. So I did not see it. Um, I... I'm curious to know what he's doing and what I'd love to know what he's consuming, guys, from a calorie standpoint and a food standpoint to put on this kind of weight that quickly. We're talking 20, 25 pounds now, uh, complete body transformation, but this is on top of a quick 30 he just put on. So we're looking at 50 to 55 pounds in total within what? Eight months? Six months? Like we're not even a year. I, I it's mind boggling to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly bizarre, and I, I think maybe a, a golf talk and a little drill we can do. I can try to do the Bryson diet and see just how heavy <laughs> I can get and just see how many bombs I can hit. But it, it's certainly working for Bryson DeChambeau. He's averaging only 343 yards off the tee through the first two rounds at Colonial, so whatever works. And, and that leads right into my what. And whatever works for you. So we mentioned Bryson DeChambeau. He's up. 20 pounds during quarantine, we'll call it 40 or 50 pounds in the last six to eight months. Gary Woodland down 25 pounds, and he's also in the mix this week. So, guys, I guess it's sort of whatever works. Some guys want to want to put on weight. Some guys want to lose the weights. And um, you know what? Good for Gary Woodland because uh, Mark, what he's three or four shots off the lead. Yeah, and Patrick Reed's another one that came out of quarantine looking a little different, trying to lose the weight, cut out all the carbs, cut out all the sugars, but you should see what Patrick Reed's eating, too. He's pounding the protein. So everybody trying to figure their way out of what they're going to do, come out the other side. And i got to tell you guys, I feel like Phil started this trend with the coffee diet. Yeah, I, I, I feel like he definitely <laughs> I've started. started... To... Go ahead, Bob. I was just going to say, I've started this diet, too, but it's the cheesy diet. That's it. Orange fingers all around. Orange fingers all around. All around. And 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 Phil with his six day fast prior to the Open Championship last year, losing fifteen pounds. Uh, but yeah, Phil's definitely a trendsetter uh, in more ways than one. Okay, Mark, the T is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, the truth is, this one's for Bob and I, because we got to cheer on the old guys when we can. Tom Lehman, Weeksy, did you see this? Lehman, 61 years old. Obviously, there are some Champions Tour players in the field this week with the Charles Schwab connection, etc., as the Champions Tour uh, waits to get their season restarted. But Tom Lehman, 
61 years old, fires a 65 on Thursday. He did, unfortunately, he didn't follow it up on Friday with the 74. He misses the cut. But to be 61 years old and almost shoot your age on the PGA Tour, we got to cheer on the old guys when we can, right, Bob? Exactly. I can I can attest to that. I tell you, uh, Tom Lehman, he uh, he was a late bloomer. Didn't come to the game to the professional game until a little bit later than most guys, but um, but certainly made up for it. And I thought it was kind of fun to watch some of the old guys out there playing. Some guys got in through the connection with the Charles Schwab, and then some guys got in on the uh, on uh, being past champions like Keith Clearwater. But what a performance for uh, for an old guy. He still looks pretty good. Still looks he's in good shape. I don't think he's quite priced into shambo shape, but he's in good shape. <laughs> yeah, and 65, uh, proof is in the pudding right there. My weird this week, well, it was kind of weird. We were talking about this already, the fact that the tour will go back-to-back at Murfield. We were talking about this a week ago and said it was it said it was weird. And I started thinking to myself, okay, so what are they going to do to kind of make it so that we're not having back-to-back memorials? Because that's what it might feel like. Well, apparently, guys, it's in the setup. Adam, what days the sponsor are going to be attached to this event that will lead into the memorial and replace the John Deere Classic? They're talking slowing up the greens. We could see green speeds under 10 on the step meter, which is nuts for Murfield, which they're usually scalped and running super quick. Short rough. Whole locations we've never seen for the memorial before. So we're going to do everything we can to make it a non-memorial. The, at the end of the day, regardless, it's weird. We're back-to-back at the same golf course. So what do you do? You leave the green slow, you chop off the rough, and then you just don't touch it again so that by the time we get to the memorial, Adam, they're playing in ankle high. Like I just don't understand how to do this. It's going to be bizarre. It's going to be going to be bizarre for sure. Like, are they going to use completely different pin locations? Uh, are they going to play the tees up on different holes? It's going to be bizarre, but hey, 2020 is just a bizarre year. Yeah, exactly. This kind of almost fits with the year we've had. Maybe we should let Mike Davis set up the Workday Championship. <laughs> you know? He, he's been he's put up windmills and clowns noses before. Maybe he can uh, take this one over. Okay, my what this week, guys? What are we waiting for? Come on, Tiger. Your yacht, we've been doing the Tiger Yacht Watch for about a week as it is meandered up the eastern seaboard, heading towards Hilton Head. Everybody anticipating that Tiger Woods would be playing the RBC Heritage next week on the PGA Tour. The field is absolutely stacked, but guess what, boys? It's Tigerless once again. What are you waiting for, Tiger? Like, I know less Tiger is something we need to get used to, guys. I know that less is more for Tiger that we are heading into a stretch of golf that will start at the WGC at the end of July that will head right through a very busy month of August where he's going to be playing a ton of golf. But at some point, does Tiger not, doesn't he need to start, have a start on the PGA Tour? Are we just going to go five events without Tiger and he's going to pop up at the memorial? He's starting, it's starting to feel like, uh, Pokeroo, where Tiger just kind of pops out and, and no one really sees him. Like I, I, Bob, I'm frustrated. I want him to play golf. This was a perfect opportunity and now it's a perfect opportunity missed. And you know what the other thing that bugs me is? What was his boat doing? Up the coast. Was he going fishing? <laughs> What's he yeah, going yeah. on a birthday party? I don't know what's happening. You're right. I, I I think it's strange that he 
we don't know when he's going to play. I wish he would just tell us once in a while. I mean, the whole his whole mo has been, uh, I'll tell you when on when I feel like it, which is like after you see the release sheet on Friday afternoon at five. You just never know when when or where Tiger is going to play. And at this point, we got to think that he's had all the rest in the world for the back. If the back's not ready to go now, it's never going to be ready to go. So I don't think this is a back issue. This is just a simply, I'm not interested in playing yet. I'm not ready, or I, my schedule's going to be back and loaded, and I don't care if I'm rusty. I'm going in cold turkey. We've seen it before. It's frustrating. The golf world wants him back. He's not there. I'm guessing the memorial. But don't forget, this is a guy that skipped the Players' Championship, so there are no guarantees he's at Memorial either. All right, Bob, winner's weird and what? The tea is yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Well, guys, my winner this week is Sung Kang, fine young Korean golfer who um, did what I thought was going to happen at some point in this in this tournament with no fans around. He made a hole in one, and he didn't even know it. It's the funniest video if you've ever seen the whole thing right from start to finish. He obviously swings; it goes into the hole. He can't see it. He's walking to the green. He actually reaches in, pulls his putter out because he thinks he's got a putt. And then one of the cameramen tells his caddy, hey, it's in the hole. And he said, what? It's in the hole? So he did all these virtual high fives. I thought it was just absolutely <laughs> hilarious, his reaction. He handled it so well. He's a pretty cool guy. I've only interviewed him a couple times, but I, but I really think he's, a, he's got, a, got a great sense of humor. And to see him react afterwards, uh, I mean, man, it was, it was, it was just typical of this uh, restart with no fans. Well, you know what it's like, guys, what it reminds me of is now these guys know how the rest of the world deals with. Because if you've ever been lucky to have a whole, lucky enough to have a hole in one, I've, I've had two in my life. One came very early as a teenager and one came about four years ago. And I remember when it went in, I was playing with just a buddy of mine in a twosome at, at my club, the Toronto Hunt on the third hole. Uh, 160 yards, front right hole location. I remember it like it was yesterday, but after it goes in, we don't get any cheers or applause. We don't get balloons <laughs> falling from the sky, right? So, hey, welcome to our world, boys. Now when you get a hole-in-one, you might not even know it's in there, Bob. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. Okay, my weird, as you know, I like my weirds. Here we go. Uh, it takes us to Schenectady, New York. And um, the, the Schenectady Daily Gazette has a wonderful report here. It says a city man was arrested Tuesday after riding off with a golf course beverage cart from the Stadium Golf Club in Schenectady, New York. The incident happened just before 2 p.m. as a golf course worker parked the car outside the club's pro shop to reload it with beverages, police spokesman said. The suspect then jumped in the cart and drove off. The police soon found the cart at the Kelsey Commons apartment complex nearby on Cambridge Road, and they took a suspect into custody. 39-year-old uh, Angel Castro of Schenectady was, was charged with grand larceny there's no report, however, if the beer section was emptied out by Mr. Castro. So I don't know what happened with that. But, uh, Adam, have you ever thought, even thought about in the slightest, taking off with the beverage cart? <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I have not. No, I have never thought about that. No, no. Full stop. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've tried to stop the beverage cart sometimes, you know, when ah, it yes. comes around and you got to wave, wave it, down. it down. But I think it's a bold individual who will try and steal the, uh, the beverage cart. Uh, my what this week is I'm going to put a question to you guys, and this is, this is 
what who do you, it's actually a who so i'm cheating a little bit but if you could name the player to me who fits in this category the this player just shot yesterday his 26 straight pga tour round of par or better it's the longest active streak on tour right now mark who would your guess be who this individual is well 26 I, I straight rounds of par or butter yeah i didn't look it up online uh, because I knew this question was coming, and my my gut my gut tells me that it is. Uh, I remember us covering the story. I, my, I think it's Victor Hovland, and if it's not Victor Hovland, I was going to go with Colin Morikawa. So, uh, but I'll stick with Victor Hovland. How about you, Scully? Yeah, I feel like I saw a similar streak before quarantine. It was around twenty. I I, I want to say it's either Hovland or Tony Finau, maybe. Yeah, no, it's Daniel Berger. I would never wow. have guessed that. I would I would never have even guessed that he's currently tied for seventh. I didn't look down the leaderboard that carefully, obviously. But yeah, Daniel Berger, 26 straight rounds at par or better. That is very impressive. And we're finally starting to see that a bounce back because, guys, he has had a rough stretch. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, he was playing some exceptional golf. Uh, last year, a bit of a rough stretch, but obviously to Bob's point now with that surprising statistic, he is starting to find some form. And he's right there, guys, now 65, 67. If you'll recall off the top of the show, when we were looking at guys that might have a good weekend, Daniel Berger, man, he's hitting close to 95% of his greens in regulation. That is ridiculous ball striking. If the putter gets going for Daniel Berger, look out. He's at eight under right now, three off the pace on the other side we'll give away some velocity tea product and a leaderboard update take a, a world trip around the leaderboards there's only two of them going but one of them corn fairy challenge not a great week for team canada on the corn fairy but we'll get you caught up over there as well this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by smartgolfdeals.com was brought to you by the muskoka bay club live stay and play at our award-winning championship golf course visit muskokabayresort.com today This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. As we wind down today's show, let's get you caught up on all the action in the world of golf with a leaderboard update brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley, just minutes from downtown Toronto. Flexible, affordable, memorable. There's never been a better time to join Cedar Bray Golf Club. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Corn Ferry Challenge at TPC Sawgrass as the reboot of the Corn Ferry Tour kicks off. Dowie Vanderwalt and KK Limhaus, they are your leader at seven under par. It's early in the third round. We've got 11 players tied behind them at six under par that include Luke List and Steven. You got the moves like 
Mike Yager, of course, Team Canada all missed the cut. Not a great week for Team Canada on the Corn Ferry Tour. PGA Tour, Charles Schwab Challenge, Harold Varner III, HV311 under par. Good for a one-shot lead over Jordan Spieth and Bryson DeChambeau at 10 under. Colin Maracabwa. Xander Shoffley, Rory McIlroy at nine under par, and a bunch of great players also at eight, including Justin Thomas, Brandon Grace, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, Daniel Berger, Joel Damon at seven under, along with Corey Connors in the hunt, and Adam Hadwin as well, and uh, Mackenzie Hughes both making the cut in this event as well. Bob, CTV, and TSN, now you're home for all weekend coverage of the PGA Tour. No difference here. What are you expecting this afternoon when we tune into the coverage on CTV and TSN? What are, you, what are you looking for? Who makes the move? I know who you start. I know who you sit. You expect Justin to maybe go in the other direction. I know you like Jordan. Keep it in the fairway. Keep going. Rory's got to be leaping out at you. Rory's jumping out, and and I'm really enjoying watching Harold Varner. He just seems pretty comfortable out in the golf course. I mean, he's always kind of a happy-go-lucky guy, but uh, he just kind of bounces when he walks when you watch him. But I, I think he's. Uh, I'd love to see him win his first come through in this uh, in this stacked field here. But uh, I, li- I also like your pick, Colin Morikawa, because I think I think he's. I mean, he's he just playing with a confidence that's beyond his experience, and uh, and you gotta love what he's put together so far through the first two rounds. Yeah, very much so. And we'll see if anyone can get any separation right now, Bob, because there really isn't much separation on this leaderboard. I mean, like, uh, you look at Corey Connors, who's seven under par. That's only four back. And, and he, and there's like a ton of players in between him and, and HV3. So we'll see if anyone can get some Saturday separation. Colonial is a hard golf course to do it at. But it'll be curious to see if it can happen. It's amazing to me that Harold Varner III hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour. I remember uh, following him a couple of falls ago doing PGA Tour uh, radio duties. And, and I came back and I said to you, Bob, on the air that I'd be shocked if, if Harold Varner III doesn't win soon. And that's two and a half years ago. And he still doesn't have a victory He's a super, a super well-liked guy out there. I had a chance to spend some time with him and chat with him in the scoring area at Genesis earlier this year when he was wearing those commemorative Air Jordan Kobe Bryant golf shoes that were in the Lakers colors after the tragedy of losing Kobe, his daughter, and the other passengers on the helicopter accident. So Harold Varner's due. And, Bob, uh, regardless of how you feel about this leaderboard, that would be a, like a popular, good-feeling, warm victory if HV3 finally gets it done. Certainly would. Uh, I think I think is with this leaderboard that we've got here right now, though, and this being the first week back after the long break, you got to think the PGA Tour and golf fans are just ecstatic to see some of these big names up there and maybe get into some kind of a shootout with, with uh, Rory or... Gary Woodland or Justin Rose, some of those guys, but it's uh, it's fun to watch. It's fun to be able to watch it. And of course, now today and tomorrow, you can watch it on TSN and CTV too. Well, if you'll recall, on Wednesday, my friend Doug Bell and colleague on the PG Tour radio team, Weeksy, he said to us, "I hate to say it, guys, but I'm calling a playoff." He called a playoff on Wednesday. <laughs> we might get it. Uh, all right, Bob. Before we wrap up the show, congratulations, Cody Wheeler. Cody Wheeler of Kingston, Ontario, asked our trivia, qu- answered our trivia question correctly, and his name was drawn. He wins the Velocity T set. 
from Velocity. That's VelocityTEE.com, the new uh, golf tee product that we profiled earlier in the week. He wins a set of those, Cody. He knew that Bryson DeChambeau is leading the PGA Tour in dri- driving distance. He's from Kingston, Ontario. Congratulations to Cody. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues this week on GTC. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Golf Talk Canada for your chance to win a Sim Max driver. That's right, the Sim Max driver we're giving away this week. You might must follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. If you already do, you're already entered as we give away close to twenty thousand in prizing throughout the year on Twenty Weeks TaylorMade. And Bob and Adam and I are back this week, Tuesday. We have our Golf Talk Canada uh, radio from twelve to two. Wednesday, our Golf Talk Canada podcast. Thursday, Golf Talk Canada Radio 12 to 2 and back in our national time next week. Bob, you have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Scully, you as well. Thank you all so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.